Greetings, new listeners. ParentWise is meant to be listened to in order, so please start with Season 1, Episode 1, and work your way from there. Do you have children who struggle with math? Do you struggle helping your children with math? If so, we have a great series of books written by Danica McClellar. She has written books for children between the ages of preschool and college, and I think you'll find them truly helpful. You can find this and other resources by going to our website, parentwise.com, our picks. Mom, mom, mama, what's parentwise? So when do you want to go to sleep? None time. None time? Get out of my room! Parentwise is wildly honest. We talk to real parents about real issues. Parents often have no place to go to figure out what to do and how to fix it. A community of parents who find solutions that work in the real world. The first step to fixing anything is understanding the why of it. Hi, I'm Carrie Jordan. And I'm Dr. B. And, and this, this is ParentWise. So today on season one, episode four, we will be talking about a few different things. Yep. One would be when your child talks negatively about themselves. Right. I'm stupid. I hate myself. I don't know why I'm even alive. You know, <laughs> just right. things like that. Right. We also talk about... Bedtime routines. Yep. When we're done interviewing this family, we get to follow up with Hannah and Matt from our last episode and see how everything went. Right. So that'll be cool. It should be wonderful. Excellent. So we met through friends. It was absolutely love at first sight. Then we met and hung out and I knew right away it took him a little longer. And then he makes that face every time. Well, for one of them, anyway. As a result of difficulties that Christy had during her pregnancy, they thought it would be best to only have one child, and his name is Henry. We're kind of grateful for that, because he's hard. (laughs) So talk about Henry. Tell us about, like, who he is, who he's becoming. What do you guys think about your son? Every parent says their son is exceptionally bright, but... Henry's exceptionally bright. (laughs) And with that, he brings a lot of emotional sensitivity. Yeah. I don't have any basis for comparison since he's the only kid I've raised. It seems, though, that he's pretty sensitive. Yeah. And we are also starting to notice a lot of self-critical behavior. That if he doesn't do something right, he gets very down on himself. He'll say that he's dumb. He'll say that he's stupid. I never make the right decision. I never do anything right. Yeah. You know, it just strikes me as odd that someone would be that self-aware at that age to be able to say about themselves, you know, I'm worthless or I'm not good at anything. Yeah. So. And then he also tosses it to us. I want different parents. Last night we had to take away a video game that wasn't appropriate for him. And I didn't know. So I put the video game on his iPad and then 24 hours later had to take it away. And I mean, crying, pitching a fit, temper tantrum. But I mean, he is, he's very smart. He's really creative and like he's in therapy for the anger and the emotions. But I mean, he's a good kid. He really is. is. He's He's got got a a great heart. Yeah, he, he stands up for his friends, but in the wrong way. You know, he'll stand up for his friend who's getting hurt 
by throwing a stick at somebody else. <laughs> nice thought, wrong execution. Yeah. So sometimes he'll act out physically instead of like yelling or doing something else. Oh, yeah. He'll instinctively do something physical, push, throw, hit, something like yeah. that. Yeah, and it's usually directed towards me as far as the physical stuff and the hitting and the smacking and the kicking mommy. He never does it to you. Which is odd. I'm more quick to take things away. I'm more quick to say, go to your room. Yeah, he is. I'm more quick just with all the discipline in general. Yeah, you don't kick a hard ass. <laughs> well, I suspect that's why. <laughs> Maybe he just knows that. <laughs> yeah, I think he knows where mommy's boundary is, and it's yeah. a bit farther away than daddy's boundary, so he's got some ground to play with. So what would you imagine that you would want for him to be as an adult, like for him as an, a human being? I would want him to be more self-confident. He's already smart enough to do anything he wants to do. First of all, it's strange to think of my son as an adult, Yeah, well. but I sound like a cliche, but I want him to think that there's nothing I can't accomplish if I do what's necessary to get it done. Yeah. But as a little kid, when the world should be your oyster and the world should be magic and fun, anything yeah. is possible. And for him to be sitting around saying, you know, I'm terrible, I'm stupid, I'm not good at anything, hurts my yeah, heart. It hurts. When did it start? How long ago? Relatively recent. Yeah, it was, I would, it was this year. I would say within the last several months. Yeah. It's always been discipline, something with discipline. Oh, okay. If we tell him, don't do that, or the bathroom behind us, that one is a science room. And if he makes a mess, oh, I didn't know. I'm sorry. Do so stupid. And he just goes from there. Today, he was playing a game with daddy and he was on his way to losing for the first time. So he didn't want to play and, oh, I'm so, I can't do anything. And it's like, dude, what are you talking about? It's okay to lose every once in a while. You know, it's, it's always about discipline and correcting, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And the one thing about this thing today, I immediately went to, gee, I hope he doesn't not do things or try things because there's a possibility you may not do as well as yeah. you want to do. Which goes with the confidence thing, I think. When we're talking about the bad self-talk, what do you do when he says bad things about himself? I've been trying to figure out how to still correct the behavior and yet support him at the same time. We've been kind of dropping the discipline and moving on to, no, Henry, you're not stupid. Like with this game thing that I had to take away. His therapist is saying that he's not emotionally ready for it. And it says 12 plus in the app store. I have no idea why I downloaded it. He's saying, I'll try harder. I'll do better. I won't cry when I play it. And when you take it away, I promise I'll try and do better. And I keep telling him, Henry, it's not about you doing better. It's that your brain's not ready for it yet. Mm. And you can't do anything to speed that up because you don't have a time machine. <laughs> so. My instinct also would be if there's like the negative self-talk to say, I'm so sorry you feel that way. I don't think that about you at all. And I wish you didn't think that about yourself and then leave it at that. Yes. Because for sure, there is a reward in getting into that dialogue. No, you aren't. You're great. I mean, that is appealing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I entertain the thought of, is he doing this consciously to deflect yeah. what's going on here? And he knows that if he says he's stupid, mm -hmm. automatically mommy and daddy are going to change the subject and say, no, you're not stupid. You're not dumb at all. Thereby, yeah. he gets out of feeling guilty or any kind of consequence. It can't be that manipulative and cunning. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, absolutely. All yeah. it takes is for him to have an experience where he says he's stupid 
and you both chime in with, no, you're not, you're so this, you're so that, and it references right away. Okay, so when I say I'm stupid, they're going to come to my rescue and all will be forgiven because they don't want to hear me say that. So sometimes when that happens, you say, really, is that what you think? That makes me feel very sad. Just to inject, I'm curious if you told him that it actually was your mistake because you downloaded it and you gave it to him. That's interesting. I don't know if that came up. It's interesting because we bring to our parenting what we know from being kids. And each of you is used to having a sibling. And you have an only child who doesn't have that. Only children tend to engage very much like they're the third grown-up in the room. An only child, they look at the grown-ups and they say they never make any mistakes. Because from their point of view, it looks like grown-ups have it all figured out and there are no mistakes. So one of the really important things that you can do for Henry is to point out when you make mistakes. Carrie's point is very well taken. You thought you had made a mistake and that's why we took it away. I realized it wasn't you making a mistake. It was me. I made the mistake because I didn't realize that this wasn't the right time to give it to you. There will be a right time, but I blew it. I made a mistake. Okay. You can look at him then and smile. And so do you think I'm really stupid with a smile? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's going to say, no. The thing you want to both point out is that all people make mistakes all the time. And it's not a sign that they're stupid. It's a sign that they're growing and learning. When he makes a mistake, you find that little mantra that works for you and you say, oh, wow, you're growing and learning. Isn't that great? Because you'll know better for the next time. It's really hard to hear your kid say bad things about themselves unless you are 100% sure that they are embellishing or doing it for attention. Right. If you sort of know that this is part of the game, so to speak. Right. And I have a very close friend whose son used to do this a lot with the, I'm horrible, I'm going to go kill myself. For years, he's doing this. And by the end of it, we'd go... (laughs) He'd say, I'm going to go kill myself. We'd go, we'll miss you. (laughs) (laughs) Which like makes parents freak out when we say that. But it's like, we didn't say that the first time he said it. Obviously, there was therapy and there's all of these different things. But he just was a very dramatic kid. And he wanted to go for the most dramatic thing every time. So every single time he went right there and we just couldn't indulge it anymore. So I miss, we'll miss you. Anyway, I think that Henry has found a way to really accomplish something. Yes. Yeah. And if we're looking at the four goals of misbehavior, when you and I were first talking about it, your first thought was this was kind of an attention getting mechanism. Mm -hmm. But if you look at it closely, what it really is, is a way of expressing a display of inadequacy with the hope that his parents will come in and rescue him from this belief, which is exactly what they do. Not only do they rescue him from the belief, but they then, because they feel badly, they step over any kind of consequence for whatever the behavior was. So he's really kind of got a double thing going on. He can say something bad about himself. His parents will reassure him that it's not so. And then because they feel so badly that he says that, they let him off without any kind of consequence. So it is a display of inadequacy. Again, remember, when a child displays inadequacy, they're trying to get us to intervene, to do it for them. So it's very hard for parents 
to hear this, and it's important that they don't get sucked in to this process because it doesn't get better, it gets worse. And the behavior that prompts it doesn't get resolved either. So we have to take two giant steps back and understand what the child's up to, which is the why, then figure out an alternative behavior that can help our child do something different. Right. Handle things in a different way. Exactly. And I feel like the circumstances under which they will speak badly about themselves says a lot about what the intention is. Meaning if he does this specifically when he is getting corrected or they are trying to discipline him, I think his intent is pretty clear. I'm lame. Come in. I'm inadequate. Come in and tell me that I'm not. And awesome. You're going to also not give me any kind of consequence. So you're right. It's a double whammy. I think a lot of parents will struggle with taking what their kid is saying lightly when they say bad things about themselves. I think some parents, it will just trigger them. What would you recommend to parents like that? Where I feel like Bill and Christy will have a hard time. I could be wrong, obviously. But I think that they might have a hard time kind of poo-pooing him in a way and just saying, makes me sad that you feel that way. I don't think that that is the case. And here is now your consequence to whatever it is that just happened. They might not feel comfortable or safe just responding like that. What words of encouragement would you give them to help them feel like they're not abandoning him? They're not, you know, casting his feelings aside and they aren't going to send him into some self-loathing tailspin. Right, right. Well, remember that behavior only sticks around as long as it's useful. And if they don't feed into it, it won't be useful to him. And he's likely to stop talking that way. We can always say to our child in other circumstances and at other times, I am so glad you did this. That just shows me how smart you are, how creative you are, how hardworking you are. And in situations where he's really earned the right to hear that from us, not for no reason, then we can point out how impressed we are with that behavior. And at the same time, we always have to say to our children, nobody's perfect, everybody makes mistakes, and sometimes we don't make choices that are so great. And that doesn't mean that we're stupid. It just means we haven't figured it out right yet. Right. And that we always, almost always do it wrong before we do it right. Exactly. That's just how you learn. As you were talking, it reminded me of something else that you had said before, which is when you catch them doing something awesome, something right, something like, I don't know, maybe he does his homework and he gets everything right and his work is beautiful, that you say, wow, you did this basically perfectly. How does that make you feel? Remember? So you were saying to ask him to see what he says. Right. And maybe, you know, encouraging him to see himself as successful, to see himself as not stupid, if that's actually how he feels about himself. Right, right. I think it is important. And this is one of the downfalls of doing a parenting podcast that focuses primarily on correcting misbehaviors. It's very easy to go down the rabbit hole and only talk about what do we do to correct misbehavior and fail to remember that part of raising healthy children is to notice when they're doing things right and not necessarily to praise them, which is what we've all learned. We've all learned to say, you did that really well. I like what you did. Don't you think that's beautiful? Everybody must like it. Good job. Good job. Right. That's an easy, I mean, you know, that's hard not to say. Yes. Good job. 
Yes. And what that does is it teaches the child that what other people think about your behavior is what's most important. We want children to be able to self-evaluate. And the way you do that is you say, wow, look at that. Notice how neutral that is. And then you say, how do you feel about that? And then you'll see whether your child has the words. Your child may or may not have the words for that. If they don't have the words and they shrug, like, I don't know how I feel, then you give them choices. Do you feel bad about that? Do you feel good about that? Do you feel scared about that? Do you feel proud? Mm-hmm. Do you feel disappointed? Right. Those kinds of things. So again, we want to give our children an opportunity to tell us what they're thinking and feeling. And sometimes when we do that, if you were to say, and how do you feel about that? And he says, I don't feel very good about that. Again, the question is why? Tell me about that. And again, our tendency will be to come in and rescue. Or to put words in their mouth. Right. I find that being one of the things that I have to be very careful about. It's so hard. to ask them instead of to say, do you feel angry? To say, how do you feel? Right. Right. And so I have to catch myself sometimes doing that. So to sum up this situation, the way that we are recommending to correct it is to stop feeding into it. Say, I'm sorry you feel that way. That makes me really sad. I don't think that about you. And then go back into the consequence and see if after some time he stops doing that because it is no longer working for him. When something doesn't work, they stop. He'll try something new, Right. right? So I think that once they take the air out of it, that is a good way to see was this a display of inadequacy rather than something he actually truly feels about himself? Right. And by the way, we've all had experiences where we momentarily feel really, really stupid. Oh, yeah. And then we have to correct ourselves and we have to think about it. Am I really stupid? You know, if I look at my whole life, blah, blah, blah. So we have to give our children room for that little tiny piece as well. And again, if it's just a momentary thing, it will fade and it won't come up. And I guess this is an appropriate time to say that any time this happens, if we don't do it correctly, afterwards reflecting on what you could have done differently is a way we learn. So for those of you who say, oh my God, my child is six years old and I've been doing this for six years. It's fine. It might take you six months to a year to get really good at this technique, but you'll get there. And as you get there, they will get there and you'll have a better result. Are you a coffee snob? I'm a coffee snob and I am completely unapologetic. This is why I want to share with you a company that I've begun buying coffee from. They're called Unincorporated Coffee Roasters. I did check. They are, in fact, unincorporated. So, honesty in advertising, who doesn't love that? Unincorporated Coffee Roasters is a small company. And at ParentWise, we really like supporting small businesses with products that we absolutely love. Because they're small, they roast their beans in small batches And my guess is that if you weren't already a coffee snob, this coffee will turn you into one. To find out more and order online, please go to unincorporated.coffee. We will also have the website link on our website, parentwise.com. So this next topic is one that I dare say every parent will experience at one time or another. (laughs) And that is bedtime, bedtime, bedtime. Yes. Bedtime. Let's listen to the issues that Christy and Bill are having with Henry when it comes to nighttime routine. It's bedtime. No, I want more time. Every time we got to brush our teeth, why do I? And it's just the whole same routine 
every night. <laughs> it's it's exhausting. Time to go downstairs, get your jammies on. I shouldn't have to say that six or seven times, but I have to say it six or seven times. Yeah. And we split bedtime. Daddy does the getting ready and the reading and I do the hanging out with him and how was your day and that kind of thing. You have a bedtime routine with him. He knows it's coming. He knows this is the routine. So what is he usually doing when you're asking him to go get his pajamas on? He could be on his tablet. He could be playing with friends outside. Playing with friends outside. It doesn't get dark here until 9.30. Yeah, we're, we're so oh, far north, right. it doesn't get dark until late. One of the things that you can do is, based on his behavior, when he asks to go out the next night, you know, you finally get him to bed the one night, you have to remember what that was. He goes out to play, and you say, oh, no, 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 no. Today, you have to stay in. Why? I want to play, you know, outside with Joey. And you say, well, sweetheart, yesterday, you played outside, and I called you to come in and we argued and you didn't come in and you didn't come in. And I think maybe you're not ready for me to let you go out because you don't come in when you're supposed to. So I think maybe it's a smarter idea for you to just do whatever you're going to do here inside the house. And when you can show me that, you know, when it's bedtime, you go get your jammies on and we do the things together, then maybe we can consider letting you go back outside. I also remember that a constructive family meeting can be a good way to handle all sorts of different situations. Let's have a family meeting. And you just say, look, we're just not happy. I feel like bedtime is just not great for anyone because we argue all the time and and we want bedtime to be nice. So let's come up with a different bedtime. Let's talk about what that's going to look like. And then you guys come up with a new routine. So he feels like it's a plan between the three of you. Everyone plays their part. Now you've created something new that everyone has agreed on and that you can now enforce. He has some control in it. He feels that adult part of being part of the family. And so one of the things we want to do as part of that conversation is say, well, what do you think we should do if what we've decided doesn't happen? What we're really looking for is to help children build a consequence so that they buy into it and that they understand it's coming. And it reminds them that they're planning to have things go a certain way. And if they don't go a certain way, mostly because they're not cooperating, that there will be something that follows that, that they probably don't want to have happen. This goes back to our notion that things need to be revealed or basically put out there for a child to understand ahead of time so that they know what's coming. He's on his tablet. Then the question is, if he can't put the tablet down and go through the routine the way you guys have already decided, then maybe he shouldn't have a tablet after dinner. And you can help him craft something like that. And the the deal is at seven, we'll do it for one day and then we'll try you again tomorrow. Maybe by tomorrow, you'll be a little bit more grown up. And when it's time, you'll be able to say, okay, here it is. It's really important to include him. And what'll happen is he'll get better at making suggestions because you really want to hear what he's thinking. And some of the suggestions will surprise you. They'll be good. And other ones will be way ahead of him. Like, I don't want to go to bed till 1030. Well, I can appreciate that. Yep. You know, and there will come a time when 1030 is going to be a good time for you, but it isn't now. Yeah, so bedtime. Glorious bedtime. About, I'm going to say about five months ago, somewhere in there, Rue, she started not wanting to go to sleep. And so it was, I'm not tired. So that was the big one. I'm not tired, but I'm not tired. I'm not tired. I'm not tired. Mom, I'm not tired. So (laughs) my general response is, 
that's okay. You do not have to go to sleep. You just need to be in bed. And inevitably, obviously, you put her in bed and she falls asleep. You know, she'll say, you know, mom, I'm not tired. And I'll say, yeah, I heard you. I know you're not tired. I'm tired. She's just making a statement. She's not asking a question. She's not asking, can I stay up later? She's just making a statement. So I make statements in return, you know, and sometimes I'll come in to say goodnight or to like tell her it's time for bed. And I'll go, you're not tired, but it's time for bed. (laughs) (laughs) Just going to get there before she gets there. (laughs) And then one time I said to her, how about this? You lie down in your bed and you stay awake. And if you're awake at 1030, which is in two hours, I will let you come out and watch TV with me for 30 minutes. We'll watch something. And she got very excited about that, (laughs) which, of course, she can't do because she's five and can't stay up that late. She just can't, you know. (laughs) And then I videotaped myself going in to see if she was awake to show her that I was actually doing it, that I actually did go in there to see if she was awake at 1030. And then I showed it to her in the morning and she was so disappointed that she was not... (laughs) And she was like face down, drooling, you know, like the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, you really weren't tired, were you? And then so that night, the next night, she's like, can I do it again? I was like, sweetie, you can do this every night. Like, it is okay with me. (laughs) And then the third night, which, of course, you know, she couldn't do it the second night either. The third night, she said, mom, if I'm not awake, can you wake me up? And I was like, that (laughs) defeats the whole purpose of what we're doing here. And I said, I was like, look, you know why you sleep? It's because your brain and your body needs rest to make sure that it's healthy and to grow. If you're not tired and you're not sleeping, that must mean it does not need that rest to help you grow. But if you are sleeping, that's because your body does need that rest, does need that time. So no, I'm not going to interrupt that to get you up. (laughs) That wouldn't make me a very good mom, would it? She's like, no, I guess not. (laughs) But I do have a habit of when she makes statements, just making statements back. Because I'm not going to answer a question if she hasn't asked me a question. Right. But I also want her to understand how to communicate, too. Right. She'll say, I want ice cream. And I'll say, I want a pony. (laughs) And I'll go, your turn. She'll say, mommy, I want ice cream. And I'll say, I want to live in a castle. Okay, you're next. (laughs) <laughs> and then she'll say, Mom, I want ice cream. I'll be like, I can't believe you only want ice cream. I want a pony. I want to live in a castle. You only want ice cream? <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for her. So I'm not kidding. I really do. And then finally I'll say, are you asking me if it's okay if you have ice cream? Because that's very different. You want to try asking me? Mommy, can I have ice cream, please? Sure. You can have ice cream. After dinner, if you eat a good meal you can have some ice cream. Well, and the other thing you can do, I've heard you do this before, and she'll say, I want ice cream, and you say, you can want ice cream. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. You want ice cream. I have no problem with you wanting ice cream. So, yeah, that's my bedtime anecdote, and I definitely think we could do this one for days. Yes. You know? (laughs) Absolutely. Let's just circle back. Let's be specific about bedtime. Let's do the bedtime routine. Okay. Family meeting. Bedtime routine. What are the consequences going to be if you don't do this or if you don't do that? Help him come up with all of that. And then the bad self-talk. I'm sorry you feel that way about yourself. We don't feel that way. And then done. Done with that. But then at some point, talking about mistakes. 
I'm excited to have everyone listen to our first follow-up interview with Hannah and Matt. I'm excited too. With Hannah and Matt, we actually had some contact in between our initial interview and our follow-up interview. Hannah reached out to me about issues that had evolved. So she had tried the sling method with Olive And it was not successful. Olive just wanted in and out of the sling and it just caused more problems than it was worth. So we decided at that point to move to your recommendation, which was to pick her up so that she is facing away from Hannah so that she can't then hit her. Right. Right. So that became the new the new recommendation, what they were going to try. And then the other thing she talked about was that now um, Paxton, his meltdowns had started to become um, pretty regularly focused around getting hurt. It could be, you know, anything, you know, a hangnail, you know, like. <laughs> if you're going to do it, go, go right. big. <laughs> a grazing of the skin, nothing type injuries. and That were turning into big deals. Oh, yeah, huge deals. Huge, 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 <laughs> huge breakdowns. So, I'm sure. I'm sure None of the people who are listening to this have ever had anything like that happen before. Yeah, that's pretty funny. (laughs) So I gave her a recommendation that I used with Rue, which, like, cured her of this issue very quickly. What was that? Yeah, the my advice for that that has worked successfully with almost every parent I've ever ever had to use it is that when your child comes and you know ah I have a hangnail and look at it it's like it hurts and it hurts ah. and then I would I would say to her I'd say oh my gosh wow that that looks like it really hurts you you seem like you're in a lot of pain you know I am I am I'll say okay well if if you're really it looks like you're really hurt so we need to go lie down because when you get hurt this badly you need to rest so that your body can heal <laughs> yeah the body can heal so I don't want to lie down. Well, sweetie, you have to lie down. You're really hurt. And when you're really hurt, that's what we need to do. And that's how we let our bodies heal. Every time. Every time. That's what we do. So anytime she got, quote unquote, really hurt, and by the time, by the way, this took two times, maybe three, (laughs) maybe three before she was like, this sucks. And uh, because I would just be like, okay. And it was me taking her seriously. I wasn't looking down on her. I wasn't being sarcastic. Right. I wasn't being sarcastic. I wasn't telling her that she wasn't really hurt. Like, you're not really hurt because that doesn't do anything. And, you know, they still freak out. But if they understand that that level of freak out is going to get them basically a nap, you know, (laughs) like confined to their bed because their bodies are so hurt that they need to heal. Well, and the logical outcome, if if a child is really that hurt, it's exactly what we do. If they have a fever, if they're, you know, if something major has happened, that's that's the logical outcome. Well, and if a kid is really hurt, they will say, okay, it's lying down. If they sprain their ankle, they're not going to be like, I don't want to lie down. Right. So so it, it just kind of nips that in the bud. So that was my advice, and she ended up taking it. So we get to hear how that turned out. Um, And then also in the follow-up interview, as you'll recall, we ended up getting on to the topic of Liam and Paxton having some some issues with fighting because Liam gets tired of him and just ignores him. And then, you know, Paxton's not one to be ignored. So then he flips out. Right. And they're they're navigating that. And as you know, as all of us know, siblings fight and it will— always be that way. You can, you can manage it. (laughs) True. You can manage it, but you can't, you know, it's their relationship ultimately. And, you know, you can't control their relationship, but you can kind of help them manage it. So we talk a little bit about ways to do that as well. 
there were two things we had discussed. One was taxes meltdowns, and then the other one was olives hitting. Where are you guys at with that right now? It's gotten a lot better. What was it that you did that seemed to help her to sort of back off of that? Because we made some specific suggestions, and I don't know what of those suggestions you tried. I did try that when I picked her up again to face her away from me so that she couldn't go right back to hitting me. And actually, she's almost gone the complete opposite direction now, where if she's upset and we pick her up, she'll squeeze us and she passed our back. <laughs> and so she kind of now has gone from hitting us when she's upset to comforting us. When oh. And so it's been, it's been a very good switch. It sounds like she's just looking for appropriate forms of connection. Well, that one didn't work because turn her away gets the opposite of what she wanted. There's no engagement. She just is stuck and she can't do it. So now she's like, well, let's see. Oh, look, I can comfort them. That's so sweet. Yeah, and I think she's kind of figured out sort of like, oh, this is what they do when I'm crying. Yeah. So I'm going to do it back to them, you know. (laughs) And definitely I think that that one really kind of did it for her. She wasn't getting that reaction from us that she wanted from hurting us. And now I think she's realized that the comforting thing gives her more of what she's looking for. Right. And at that age, it's a very instinctive and primitive thing. We had been talking before about breaking that cycle. Right. That's exactly what you did. You stopped the behavior and Mm -hmm. it really forced her to change what she was doing in order to get what she wanted. And what she really wanted was the closeness. It's made a huge difference for us. <laughs> I can only imagine. I'm really glad to hear that Olive is turning from a psychopath into a nice, sweet, loving child that you guys so deserve. And <laughs> she looks like she should be a sweet kid. She has the face of an angel. <laughs> so with Paxton and his freakouts about the smallest thing, uh-huh. how's that been going? The last time we had spoken, he was starting to have meltdowns more about if he would get hurt in any little way that it would turn into something huge. And one of your suggestions had been when that happened to just very matter-of-factly let him know that he needs to go rest because his body needs to be able to heal if it's hurt that badly. And that pretty quickly snapped him out of it. (laughs) It was perfect because, like you said, we were acknowledging that he was hurt. We weren't trying to downplay it at all. If anything, we were seemed like we were taking it seriously by saying, oh, you're really hurt. You need to lay down. Uh-huh. But, you know, he didn't want to do that. He's like, this sucks. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to lay down there and say, no, you know, you're really hurt. <laughs> don't lay down. Within a minute, he was coming back down fine. If you get hurt and you are that out of control because you are so hurt, you must need to rest. You know, the logic is, oh, if I don't want them to send me to bed, I best put this in perspective for them. <laughs> right. So that's really improved. And even he was having trouble also. The other meltdowns were anger. And that's really improved, too. Uh, That's great. We worked a lot over summer break with him taking a breath and using his words that, you know, we can't understand you when you're yelling it at us or when you're crying at us. And if you'd like to talk about it, you know, you're going to have to calm down and use your words. And I think just working on that really consistently every single time he would get that upset. When you pick something to do, I mean, that's the hardest part of parenting is to remember at every point in time, well, today we're working on this. (laughs) Right. The more... We talk about Pax. It's clear that he's a very emotive 
person who has a lot of feelings and a lot of things to express, and he just needs to learn how to do it. That's it. Yes. You know, and so you guys are just teaching him that the, what he's been doing, which is the quickest, easiest thing, start screaming, um, right. <laughs> because his feelings are so big. So he's trying to convey that, but making him understand that he can have all these big feelings, that if there's nothing anyone can do, if you can't slow down and tell us what's happening and use words. So, right. And the same thing with using the logic of going up and laying down. It, the fact that he responds to it so quickly just shows that he will respond well to logical things like that, any logical consequence, because he puts it together really fast. We're working on he and Liam together have kind of been clashing more than usual. I think Liam at some point kind of tunes fast and out and will just completely ignore any suggestion Paxton has when they're playing or anything he's saying. And then Paxton gets really loud and really upset because Liam's just not listening to him at all. And so we're kind of now trying to find a balance help them find a balance of how they interact with each other. This is one of those things that makes me think about kind of adulthood and like what ends up happening as an adult. You know, obviously you want your kid to be able to be social and empathetic and all of those things, but you also need to them to understand that not everyone's going to be that way. People are going to behave in a way that you don't like. And so how do you handle that? You know, so if Liam has decided he doesn't want to listen anymore, then Liam needs to excuse himself and say, I think it's time for me to play by myself. And then Paxton can be upset about that if he wants to, but he also needs to understand it's a consequence of Liam doesn't like to be told what to do all the time. If you want him to hang out with you more and play with you more, that might be something you should think about. And Liam doesn't get to just stay there. Ignoring someone is not a nice thing to do. So if you're done, you say, excuse me, and you can go and play by yourself. Right. But it's a combination of encouraging Liam to have more patience and Paxton to be better about those things, but also just letting them go, look, if you are who you are, that's fine. Here's what happens when you are that person. Maybe Liam, he'll go, oh, you know, like, well, yeah, you can't play with somebody else in the room if you're not going to listen to them. Right. It it hurts their feelings. (laughs) And I know that you don't want to listen to them anymore. That's fine. But you can't sit in a room and ignore somebody. It's really unkind. Because it's so hard to make them treat each other a certain way. (laughs) Yeah. You know? It's hard. It's really impossible. There is no way to make kids do anything. I usually, for the most part, a firm believer of them figuring it out and working through things. And we step in, I guess, when it gets kind of escalated. I mean, the thing that I did as a parent was I made sure if you're going to kick, you take off your shoes. If you're going to hit somebody, you do it with your hands. They weren't allowed to use the objects. They couldn't throw objects at each other. They couldn't use bats. And if you've ever kicked anything without your shoes on, you know that the person who's doing the kicking gets the worst of it. Right. And so my job is to make sure actually that there was no blood and that nobody did permanent damage to one another. And what they come to realize pretty quickly is that, you know, if they don't want this unhappiness to go on, they'd better figure out how to talk about it. My brother and I, my mom was very good about just being like, take it outside. And, you know, there could be blood involved. And she's like, go outside. We'd be like, oh, I want to go back inside. Okay, let's just pretend to get along, which, by the way, is the same as getting along. Right, yeah. (laughs) We thought we were so sneaky to still be mad at each other. (laughs) She'll never know. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad these things work for you. That just makes my heart happy. Yes, thank Um, you guys for your suggestions and your help. And I really do think that it's made a huge difference for us. I was really, really stressed out the first time that we talked. 
And I was stressed again for other reasons, still have to carry in my for messaging back and forth. And now I know that obviously things will come up again, but I feel like at least for the moment, we're kind of in one of those nice moods. Yeah. Enjoy. (laughs) I am. I know. You learn to really soak up those uh, those times because you know it's not going to last and it's just a matter of how long you have. These results were great, and I would say almost atypically great because... Not everything works. Not everything works. And we've already had situations with other advice that we've given that we've had to go in and modify because the original method just wasn't really effective. Right. What we're learning, of course, and hopefully what you're learning, is that each child is different, that we can make a recommendation, and the most important thing is to tailor it to your child. You have to try things and you'll find out very quickly what works and what doesn't work. Yeah, and you use your instincts. Sometimes you have to try something a few times to see if it works. And other times, like for example, when Hannah originally put Olive in the sling, her wanting to get in the sling, out of the sling, in the sling, out of the sling, that right there is a (laughs) no-go. You know what I mean? Like that's just a no-go. Like it's not like if she keeps repeating it, you know, if Hannah keeps doing it, Olive's going to be different about it. So that was something that she recognized right away isn't working. And I wouldn't have her try that a couple times to see, oh, well, maybe it'll work if you do it a few times. Or if you do it tomorrow or the next day. Right. Whereas the way you respond to temper tantrums, that you have to do a few times. That's not something that you'll know necessarily right away if it's effective because it doesn't generally work the first time. Anyway, the child has to experiment and force your hand a few times to see that the result is always the same. Correct. And it's that same result that they get that makes them change their behavior. Right. But very excited that they are in a better place right now with their kids and things are going really well. So looking forward to hearing from them in the future and hearing updates on how they're doing with their kids. Yes, absolutely. That wraps up season one, episode four. God, the time just flies and flies. Season one? Yeah. Hmm. Okay. We're not wrapping up season one, though. No, season one, episode four. Oh, got it. Just episode four. Okay. Yeah, it's over, Mom. It's (laughs) over. We got to go. I hope Uh, not. Moving on. (laughs) Season two. So today, uh, I think we covered a lot of interesting things, and it's always good when we get... um, a child who can be especially emotionally difficult because those kids are out there. A lot of them. And they're tough. They're yeah. really tough. Yeah. Christy and Bill are doing a great job trying to be sensitive to his needs. They're trying to work with him. They're both really concerned. I wish that somehow I could ease that for them um, because from the outside, you can see it obviously much more clearly. You bet. And can see the manipulation there. I'm not concerned that he's going to grow up okay. Right. Talking to Hannah and Matt was really exciting. Looking forward to many other non-perfect but successful experiences with parents. And I'd like to keep in touch with these families and do other follow-ups or other interviews as the children get older. Right. Because parenting then has to level up as our children level up. Now that we're six, she's leveled up. (laughs) Yes, she has. Leveled up. (laughs) And I'm in the process of leveling up. I have to get through my rage 
first. <laughs> <laughs> what, what is she leveling up that causes She's you just, rage? Her attitude, man. Ah. Her attitude. It's very hard when she talks to me with disrespect and attitude. Right now, I've been walking away a lot. Yeah, I would just put the hand up like stop. Yeah. Shake your head. And then walk away. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes I do that, but it's not even a plan. Like, that's just what I do because, <laughs> although I don't put my hand up because it might, you know, make contact. So that's that's been a thing. And then the, I don't want to. I don't want to. Mom, I don't want to. Mm-hmm. What do you say to that? I just say, okay, well, if we're doing things based on what we want to do instead of what needs to be done. When she says, you know, I want to play date, I go, eh, I don't really want to. <laughs> what does she say when you do that? She goes, Mom. I want a play date. I said, yeah, I know. I don't, I don't want to. You don't want to feed the cat. I don't want to plan a play date. <laughs> Just, I don't want to. And then she goes, ah, storms away. <laughs> and, and then I decided it would be better to actually plan stuff that could then be canceled rather than making her wait for mm-hmm. something to be planned okay. as an incentive. Yes, because yeah. I think she's just too young for that. So we have two play dates this week. One ah. tomorrow and one on Thursday. Mm-hmm. And whenever she says, I don't want to, I just look at her. And then she goes, okay. <laughs> so I'm you like, don't even say anything. I don't have to say anything because she knows, you know, she knows. Well, it's the consistency. The other night she said that she didn't want to go to bed over and over and over again. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. I don't want to go to bed. And she wouldn't stop getting out of bed. Now, this is like not something that she's done. We've always been really lucky that... When we put her in bed, she 99% of the time stays in bed. And I was realizing, like, it was going to turn into a thing. And I, I'm I'm not going to let it turn into a thing. Like, she just wasn't going to do it. We were going to have to pick her up, put her in the bed, do the whole nine yards. And so I kind of went the other direction. I said, okay, fine. Don't go to bed. Go into your room. Turn on the light. Keep the door closed. You can play as long as you want. You are not going to be able to stay up late tomorrow night, which was a Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, which is normally a night that she gets to to stay up late. You're going to do your staying up late tonight, then you will not be able to stay up late tomorrow night. And she goes, fine. And her new thing also is she'll shrug and then walk away. She shrugs at me. <laughs> shrugs. Yep. Yep. I mean, the nonverbal is there, folks. <laughs> I am like, what? She went back in her room. She closed the door. The light was on. When I went to bed, which was pretty late, it was probably around midnight, the light was off and she was passed out. So she had put herself to bed, which is great. Yeah. And so the next morning she got up and actually was pretty good in terms of, you know, she wasn't super cranky. I don't say anything about the sleep, you know, the night before. And she goes, you know, mom, I want to go to bed at 830 tonight. <laughs> I'm really glad that's going to be my bedtime. And so, you know, in in the vein of what we have been talking about and that we aren't looking to torture them, and if she's going to be okay with it, fine. She's okay with it. So that's what I said. I'm all good for you. I'm glad to to hear it. And she did, in fact. I know. I actually wished it hadn't gone down that way. I wish we had (laughs) been, been at Gobby's and had to leave early because she gets bored when we're at Shabbos dinner, she gets bored and she puts herself to bed. Yeah. If we had been at Gabby's, then it would have been hard to remove her. She would have been upset and not wanting to leave. Yeah. So, but again, that's something you can do yeah. at a later time. Well, she hasn't done it since. She right. hasn't done the, I, you know, I want to stay up since she's been going to bed. So, it, you know, when, when they level up and then you level up, the whole thing takes time. And the thing that's great is that um, Pasha isn't as 
isn't as affected by some of her behaviors as I am in this way, the disrespect and all of that. So watching him with her helps me to remember to not like have an attitude with right. her, to not right. take it personally, right. to not, you know, that this is just part of a normal Yeah, it's her normal development and that I have to be the example of how she should behave when someone else treats her this way. Right. And that is what I always am telling myself. You know how like they emulate us with other kids? You hear them talking in your voice, you know, saying things that you say. Right. And just trying to think in these situations, if someone's being disrespectful, how do I want her to respond so that when she plays a game and uses my words and my tone of voice, that it comes out in a way that I'm proud of and right. not embarrassed about. But man, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. It's hard. Parent, yeah. Listen, I've said this for a very, very long time. There is not a harder job to do well than parenting. Yeah. It is the single most difficult job it's, there is. It is. It's, it's, it's and, and the single horrifying. most important one. Yeah, I mean, you're creating, they're going to be leaders, they're going to be citizens, they're going to be, you know. Husbands and wives and parents. Yep. Hey, that's scary.